Hello, and welcome to Song by Song by Song, a musical theater song podcast. I'm Austin. And I'm Claire. And this week, we are going to be talking about Claire's favorite musical theater song. So, Claire, what is the title of the song mm-hmm. we'll be talking about this week? Um, the song this week is called, Isn't It a Trial from the Musical at Heart? Cool. Alice by Heart sounds fun. Yeah. So, Claire. Yes, Austin. What brought you to musical theater? What is your musical theater journey? Um, well, when I was younger, I did, you know, like my parents like made me do sports <laughs> for like a while. Like I did like soccer and I think I was on like a volleyball camp <laughs> and a cheerleading thing. And um, I wasn't very good at any of that. <laughs> and um, and then eventually we found there's a community theater in our hometown and they have a young people's theater. Um, give, them, give them a shout out, give them a shout out. Oh yeah, um, Aberdeen Community Theater in Aberdeen, South Dakota. They're offering a playbill right now that you can bid for, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's signed by Lin-Manuel Miranda. So yeah, it's a Hamilton playbill. Find them on Facebook. Um, yes, yeah, so they have a, a program called Young People's Theater that I was involved in since I was seven, six or seven. And so, and I realized, wow, this is so much more fun than all those other things I was doing. And I'm so much better at it. <laughs> I mean, better being a relative term, because I was, you know, six or seven. But um, I guess you could say my first ever experience was I played in a Christmas pageant at church. Yeah, that's true. And you sang uh, Mary Did You Know or whatever. Yeah, I sang a song by myself. It was with a track with someone also singing on the track. I was like four years old. But I guess you could say that was my first star moment. Uh, kind of a big deal, I know. Local celebrity, Claire. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and now I am trying to get my BFA in musical theater at the University of South Dakota. And, um, you know, it, it's been a time. <laughs> it's hard getting a degree during a pandemic, I will say. <laughs> the motivation is hard, but, you know, we're here, we're we're going but yeah that's that's basically it hopefully someday you know i get to go on and do other things if um act the acting world ever opens back up again that would be cool um i also really like children's theater so i would like to do something with that whether that's like half my own or or working one or something cool so do we want to start talking about alice by heart yeah, I suppose. I suppose we can do that. Um, do you want to give some history about it first, or do you want me to dive in on it? I'll do some history first. I was up doing a lot of research, watched some videos that I'll mm-hmm. watch some videos, read some articles. I'll link them in the description of the episode so that people can go and look at them for themselves because they are pretty interesting. Um, one of them was Stephen. C- so let's start off with. So the show Alice by Heart, music's by Duncan Sheik, who is a star. Yes. I've loved him since the 90s with the song Barely Breathing that was on the radio because it's a jam. 
and then the lyrics are by Stephen a Sater. A literal baby. He loved Duncan Sheep. Yes. A literal baby. <laughs> that song came out in 1996, I think. <laughs> so Duncan Sheik and Stephen Sater, who have collaborated a few times and are probably going to collaborate more in the future, their biggest show that most people know is Spring Awakening, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. If you listen to House by Heart, you can definitely tell. <laughs> And then the book for Alice by Heart was written by Stephen Sater and Jesse Nelson. And Jesse Nelson also helped write the book for Waitress. Mm. And she's also Molly Gordon's mom. And Molly Gordon <gasps> plays Alice. So I don't know. Is there some controversy there? I don't know. I don't know. But to quote one of my favorite podcasts, Blank Check, uh, if molly gordon would like to go out for pasta dinner i will definitely take her out on a pasta dinner yeah i mean fair enough yeah so they so they started duncan and steven started working on this show in 2006 is what i saw from them talking about it just like during spring awakening pretty much because that opened in 2007 um which you can tell because there are a couple songs that weren't used in Spring Awakening that were then changed a little bit to be used in Alice by Heart, which is pretty cool. And then the show was like first performed in its first like stage or whatever, like the first Mm -hmm. version of it was in 2012. Steven Sater and Duncan Sheik and Jesse Nelson took the show and they brought it and did like a workshop at London's Royal National Theatre and it toured around and it was like a cast of like teenagers which makes sense for this show teenagers playing this show in one of the interviews Molly Gordon's like the thing I'm most excited about for this show is when high schools start doing it because she felt that it's a very good show for high schools to do which I'm like yeah I would have loved to do this show in high school And then they did a workshop of it in Theater Aspen in 2014. They did a 2015 workshop of it at the Manhattan Company, the Manhattan Class Company. It's where they ended up doing the show Off-Broadway. I just don't remember what the second C in MCC is. I have it written down. But they did a 2015 workshop then. They did a workshop at Vassar in Poughkeepsee in 2018. Uh, that's where a lot of the stuff was finalized. Um, and then it opened off Broadway in January of 2019 and its actual opening day was February 26. And then it ran through April, some point in time in 2019. Now this show is crazy to me because there have been so many people that have been in it at certain different points during it's like workshop phases the two people of that have been with it with it the longest were molly gordon which makes sense because her mom helped write the show <laughs> and she she did audition for it so it wasn't just like her getting oh, the role okay. that's good that's um good. and then and then noah galvin who oh, is amazing a friend with molly gordon and is dating ben Platt i thought currently. you were gonna say he was a friend of yours <laughs> like, i wish no i wish <laughs> But if you've seen the movie Booksmart, there's at least three people from that movie who also helped out in some way during Alice by Heart. Um, Here are a few other names that you might know that have worked on this show during the workshop phase. 
Ashley Park, who was in Mean Girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Faced, I think that's how you say his last name, who was in oh, Newsies. Yeah. And then he played Connor Murphy in Dear Evan Hansen. Uh, speaking of Dear Evan Hansen, we have Ben Platt, <laughs> Colton Ryan, and Noah Galvin, who all are all Evans. Evan Hansen at some point. Uh, Colton Ryan was the newest addition in the off-Broadway cast. He was like one of the new people that came in when it happened off-Broadway, which is cool because I think that he's good. We have some of my favorite people, Andrew Kober and Alex Brightman. Andrew Kober was in the off-Broadway one. Alex Brightman was in one of the workshops. Anthony Ramos of Hamilton and the Heights fame was in it at one point. Philippa So was the Cheshire Cat in the first workshop. Uh, Emmy Raver Lampman from Umbrella Academy was also in the show at some point. So those guys Uh, probably did this. Would this have been like around the same time as Hamilton or like right before it? This would have been like right before Hamilton. Um, So yeah, a lot of like most of the people that were in the workshops who didn't end up being in the actual show or and did end up being in the actual show because it so in between 2015 and when the show opened in 2019 some people went to Hamilton (laughs) some people went to Dear Evan Hansen some people went to Mean Girls and then there was this gem yeah uh Skylar Astin was in one of the workshops he played one of the birds uh Mm -hmm. Catherine Gallagher who is in Jagged Little Pill and is also in a bunch of other stuff. She was in it at some point. And then talking about the song that we're talking about today, some people that have played the Queen of Hearts, we got Mary Testa, who is very Broadway famous. She was in the most recent revival of Oklahoma. We have Leslie Margarita, which I'm pretty sure that's what her last name is. She's super famous on Twitter. (laughs) All theater kids love her. Um, and then we had the person who played the Queen of Hearts off Broadway is Grace McLean or McLean. I'm guessing it's very I good. Don't know which one it is? Very talented. Uh, she kills it. Um, and then one of the favorite facts that I found out while researching is that when they first wrote the song that we're going to be talking about, uh, the creative team was in Santa Monica and. Molly Gordon was hanging out with her friends from Booksmart and Beanie Feldstein, who is in Booksmart and Lady Bird and other things of that kind, and his best friends with Ben Platt, sang the first version of this song, Isn't It a Trial? And apparently it was very good. Oh, I bet. I, I really want to hear her version of it now. Yeah. So in Stephen Sater's words, he's like, it was very fun seeing beanie sing this song and give death death daggers to her friend molly gordon (laughs) and i'm like yeah that's fun um also colton ryan and molly gordon both in a google interview where they talked with like the creative team and then those two both said that the queen would probably be the role that they would want to play the most if they weren't playing (laughs) the roles that they are playing oh i also forgot one person well i forgot a few people yeah but pertaining to this song you also have heath saunders who is great he plays the caterpillar oh, yeah in the show but also has a big vocal moment in this and 
you, everyone should go follow him on Instagram and Twitter. And he also is doing a YouTube series, like vlog thing right now called Rhythm Perfect, where he is singing songs, Rhythm Perfect. Because like, when you listen to people sing songs from Broadway shows, especially like when it's like an original show or it's like a revival, people like to add their own spins on like the rhythms and stuff. <laughs> yeah, they like adding the embellishments and stuff. So in this video series that he's doing, he has the sheet music up on the screen as well as him singing. And he sings the songs Rhythm Perfect based off of the sheet music that he has. It's pretty yeah, interesting. Like, that's- and he is very good sorry that's honestly um i mean that's just like a good lesson for people because then i feel like once other people try and sing those songs they just try and copy the first person's riffs and everything it's like we don't need any more of that we already have that we need other things so yeah as a person who like you studied musical theater and then had to go through voice lessons that was the thing that i would do a lot is just sing exactly (laughs) what i heard on the recordings and uh, it wasn't there was one time I don't remember what song I was singing but our accompanist at USD was like you are not singing this correctly (laughs) and so then I had to unlearn what I heard in the recordings and do it that way and it makes sense it's helpful like it doesn't actually matter that much in my opinion but it is important still yeah I guess yes so Claire isn't it a trial? Yes. Where, where, what is this show about? And like, what is the context of this song? Um, so basically, the show as a whole is about this girl named Alice and kind of her like relationship with her, what I would say her first love, Alfred. What I think is like, it's a, a train station or some kind of station like underground um yeah the underground tunnels in yeah britain war going on above them so they're trapped underground and alfred is sick he's got tb um life's hard for him and alice decides that she's going to dive in and have like dive into the story of alice in wonderland because she knows that story by heart, Alice by heart, and um, she thinks diving into the story, they'll be able to, like, waste time, and, like, or, like, hold up the time before Alfred will inevitably die from tuberculosis, so for this specifically, um, you know, everyone knows, like, the queen of hearts in, in Alice in the books or seen the movie there's a bunch of movies a bunch of different adaptations um but yeah and this one specifically in the scene before alice frid have had a moment where she is trying so hard to make him stay in the moment in just like the flower field or like the rose bush fields or like maze I guess you would say, Um, and he's basically being like, no, we have to move on with the story, I have to move on, you have to move on, and um, so yeah, they sing this, this beautiful song together, and um, yeah, and she, 
and she basically she tries to kiss him and die with you and he's like no we gotta move on with the story so he starts the trial and um and then the queen of hearts comes in <laughs> with her band of people um who like all kind of hate her you know but like they don't want to get their heads chopped off so pretending they like her and I really like this song because it's kind of like the queen berating Alice for growing up and like through puberty basically and like developing herself as a woman and like making her feel bad about it which is like you know, kind of what society does all the time. Um, so I just think that's really interesting. And um, yeah, it's basically the the context of what's going on during this. Cool. So like, <clears throat> what is like the main arc of this song? So if you were, if you were to be playing the queen yes. at this moment, what would be your like motivation what do you what does the queen want to do with this song um i think well, it's like she's trying to belittle alice for i don't want to say like being in love but like being at like a sexual awakening point in her life cuz she's she's saying like you have to grow up you can't stay a child but also I'm going to make you feel bad for growing up. So it's kind of, it's very conflicting. It's a very conflicting message, I feel like. Um, but yeah, I think overall it's like she's just trying to make her feel bad for something she can't control. Cool. Um, also for like a little more show context for the people listening, uh, most of the people in this show play multiple characters. Yes. So the queen is also played by the same person who plays the nurse in like the real life story. Um, so what does that add to like the character of the queen? Her also being the nurse. Like is there some sort of overlap between these two characters and like what they want? Yeah, I mean, because throughout the show, um, the nurse is very controlling over like the situation, because you know, she has to be. Um, and so she, and and also the show, she's like kind of trying to keep Alice and Alfred separate because he's sick and he's dying and she doesn't need more people getting sick. Um, so it's definitely, yeah, it's like, it definitely mirrors in the fact that, like, she wants control over the situation, and also, like, but then there's also contrast, because she's much more sexual part of the show, obviously, than she is as the nurse, mm -hmm. so there's, like, good contrast there between being this, like, rigid, strict, trying to protect people to this like overbearing and like overbearingly sexual being who also was trying to control people but like in a much different way yeah that makes sense so what are what are some of your favorite parts about this song what makes you like this song um well i love the the overall feel of this song it's like very 
kind of like jazzy, like very raspy. Um, it's like, it's interesting because in other, um, Steven Sater and Duncan Sheik have done like Spring Awakening, there's not like as much vocal riffing, I would say, like there is, but it's not as big of a, a thing as it is in this musical. Like they're, they, they love their straight tones. They're all about that edge. But like this song specifically has a lot of riffing and like, well, like what is it like throat glottals and um, raspiness. Yeah. Glottal stops. Glottal stops and raspiness. And I just think it's so interesting to hear it in a musical show. Um, I mean, this show is, is more, you know, like straying away from traditional musical theater, of course, but it's still like, it's just interesting to hear that kind of song in a musical. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know when... Uh... Duncan Sheik talks about like writing the music for this show he wanted it to be more electric like he used a lot more like electric music compared to like Spring Awakening more so like mm -hmm. on the lines of American Psycho because there's also like a lot of electro techno music in that yeah. show um, and he's like he's he said that it helps with building the world of Wonderland compared to like the world of these kids and soldiers and people that are living in a tunnel and i think that is cool mm -hmm. so like we did for my episode we're gonna go through a couple of your favorite things so what's your favorite musical moment in this show in in the show or in the song, the song specifically in this, in this song yeah not the show in this song yeah like there's a lot of moments throughout the whole show if you have not listened to it highly recommend 10 out of 10. I think I've more than Spring Awakening. You know, I have been a Spring Awakening stan since like 2007 when I heard it on the Tony Awards and I got the CD mm -hmm. and it was my favorite musical for a long time, like through <laughs> high school. I've watched every slime tutorial of the show <laughs> that means bootleg uh and i saw the show on tour and it was my favorite show forever and i still like it a lot but i think i would have to agree that i like this show a little bit more yeah which is the opposite of what a lot of critics said because a lot of critics didn't like this show but that doesn't matter <laughs> right now yeah we can so what was we can talk about that in a second but so yeah, so what's your favorite musical moment from this song? Um, I love the song. And there's a there's a moment in the middle of the song where it's basically the actor playing the caterpillar and the Queen of Hearts having like a riff off, which is incredible. First of all, just awesome <laughs> story-wise, it's really funny and um but yeah the let's see the the lyrics that go along with it is the caterpillar thing so now you have a past and no one understands and then him and another character the canary sing 
just turn another page, my dear Eulage. And on age, he does this like crazy long belting his face off and amazing. And then the queen is done, <laughs> done with it, with his everything. And so she's like, really? And then she just, it's just one note, but she adds all the rasp you can ever imagine. And just like hold this note. And I don't know how she does it. Because I think I would wreck my voice if I had to do that a million times. And she just sings like, hey. And it's just like, ah. Hope everyone enjoyed that sound. Um, <laughs> for like a long time. And then jumps right back into the chorus and riffing a bunch. And it's it's amazing. So I would say definitely listen to that song just for that. Yeah, I'll put a link to the song in the description yes. as well um okay so that's your favorite yes. musical moment what is your favorite lyric in the song so my favorite lyric is earlier in the song earlier than that um where she says shall we have a song for the gaudy somehow feel so wrong now to have that body um and i think that's like because obviously like earlier she she's kind of talking she's been talking about um like growing up and going through puberty and finding your womanhood and everything but first line where she like really berates her for it and i think it's just and also musically it's really like the way they do it musically is really um but it's like she just really taps into the whole thing that society does to girls where they're like, um, you beautiful and you have to have this size waist and this size breasts and everything. But also you should feel bad about it because if anything happens to you, be <laughs> so it's really, it's a really good example of that. And yeah, I just really like the writing of it there. It's a good, good, good lyric. Cool. Uh, so do you think that this song would work? outside of the context of the show like do you think if this song played on the radio would people like it mm, that's tough i think i don't know if this is radio song material because mm -hmm. it's not as like a catchy song but it's not like pop catchy on the radio and well i think it has a lot of good important like messages it doesn't really fit i mean like you can know look of alice in wonderland and stuff but i don't think it fits in the alice in wonderland that people normally think because like they wouldn't be thinking about this show's context they'd be thinking about like the disney movie or you know the book or whatever yeah don't think this will be the next radio top hit but it's definitely a top hit for me cool um, all right. So are there any other things that you want to talk about, about why this song is one of your favorite musical theater songs? Um, I mean, I would just say that I, I, for, I listened to this musical for the first time. When would, would that have been? Like my sophomore year of college or before that? It would, and... have, been, it would have been like summer of last year is okay. when the album came out I think. yeah and i listened to it once and i was like all right this is cool this is good kind of moved away from it and then this past summer just like really got into it again and listened to it like, 
You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. It was the Boston. And um, really got into it, played all the time. And um, this song just really struck me. I, I love a lot of songs in this um, track, but this one is just like, it's like so different from the rest of the songs, I think, from a musical standpoint and how it feels and fits into the show. And so it really struck out to me. And I just think it's really cool. And yeah, so that's why it's at least my favorite right now. You know, it could change, but I'm really digging this song right now. Awesome. All right. So to wrap up, we'll talk a little bit about our, our views on this show compared to the views by a lot of other critics and people. (laughs) Uh, Now, I like this show a lot as well. And I'm, well, it makes sense. I'm a big fan of like Duncan Steven yeah. Sater's work. <laughs> Duncan and Steve, um, you know, we're, we're pals. Now. Yeah, on the first name basis with those guys. Um, yeah. I know that in a lot of the critiques, uh, one of the main things is that the show is kind of all over the place. And I understand that. But I also feel like that's just like how Alice in Wonderland is. Yeah, definitely. Like, I haven't read the book, but overall, like, the plot isn't really important. Um, but another thing that I saw, which I think is very weird, is that there are some people who thought the show, the show was, like, over-sexualized, like, on the same level, kind of, as Spring Awakening. But then there were also some critics who were, like, it's very children's theater-y. And being a person that has done both of those types of things... I really don't see it as either of them. No. And I think it's hard for it to be both of those things. I don't know what your thoughts are in that regard, but that's what I feel. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think from, you know, watching watch some slime tutorials. Um yeah, the show yeah, the show didn't didn't really do that well. It didn't it never made it onto Broadway. I mean, obviously, you know pandemic had probably something to do with that but it was also i think it closed before that well it came out in 2019 it opened in 2019 yeah um but yeah i don't yeah i don't i also don't know if it would have worked on broadway anyway yeah i think it's definitely a smaller theater type show smaller audience so it's more compact um but yeah i i agree i don't really think it falls into children's theater because i'm like that's something i'm big on and there are a lot of yeah it's like it's definitely not like because children i don't think would really what's going on story-wise yeah i mean i also like the person that wrote that article probably was (laughs) maybe i don't know them i don't know what their thoughts are but they seemed like they were just being kind yeah. of condescending to children's theater and thinking that it's kind of all over the place. Not which true. That's bad children's yeah. theater if it's like that. And I don't think that this show is bad or that no. it's like that in that way. Granted, I do agree that the story is kind of all over the place and it was all over the place enough that the writers decided to write a full book and that sort of makes mm-hmm. it more... But I like I got it. I'm like I'm not that smart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and like yeah, we talked about like the story of Alice in Wonderland is already just kind of a fever dream. So I don't mm. really understand why it had to be a cohesive story because it's not like the actual story isn't. Yeah, yeah. I will say 
the scenes, in my opinion, aren't maybe as strong as the songs, but I feel the same way about Spring Awakening in that regard. And I don't think it really, because I think the songs are the thing that's carrying the story more so than the scenes in general. I agree. Cool. So do you have any last words that you'd like to share with the audience? Um, okay. Final thoughts. Show. Final thoughts. On this the Queen of Hearts was whopping before anyone else. <laughs> so there's that. She's definitely the queen of that. If she had her own TikTok, it would be amazing. <laughs> Second of all, Austin and I are now going to become drama critics. So get ready for that. That'll be our new yeah, channel, our new the, podcast. Us being drama critics. Over the jobs at the New York um, Times. Yes. Um, But yeah, I would definitely recommend the show. I think it's really fun. It has a lot of good songs, a lot of good female parts in it, a lot of good strong female roles and male roles, all the above, Um, or whatever in general. There's a lot of good roles. And um, yeah, I would recommend the show, recommend that song, and the queen will still be whopping. Awesome. Okay, so to close out, we'd like to remind everyone that all Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. We would like to thank Shane Ivers for the music in the beginning and the end. And we hope that you enjoyed listening to this. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Song 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 Pod. And remember to like, share, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Podbean app, and wherever this podcast is playing. I think it's also on Google. So. You can find us there. Have a good weekend. Yeah, see you next time. Bye.